All right, Thursday night time machine. There's only one way I can go here, make. Eagles, 24, G-Men 19. Congratulations, you won. Congratulations, you won. Wow. I'm going flip, flip, flipadelphia, 25. Because Doug Peterson Seems like cannot. you're thinking and you didn't write this down and you're... Cowboy Reed will attest that it's written down. Okay. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles, 25, Giants, 17. Having a hard time processing what's going to need to happen for me to win this bet. You have Eagles by five, so you are six points and fewer. Eagles win, you win. Seven and more, Eagles win, I win. You got more faith in the birds than me, I guess. We'll see what happens. Okay, so you got a bit of uh, football news there. Cold, hard football facts from your host. I also have uh, my co-host, Making Gunner, here as well. Hello! For the people who tweet me constantly and call him Mason or spell his name with a K and shit like that, let's clear it up one time. M-A-C-O-N and breaking news alert... Your boy is closing in on four digis on the Twitter followers. Damn, you're gonna start writing think pieces and shit. And that's organic. I mean, we haven't been calling for it. Now, I don't know. You kind of call for it when you're always in my mentions after I post. Like, hey, down here, the guy that you find really entertaining. Here's my handle. Yeah. If you look at my feed, it's a bunch of uh, UVA stats nobody would care about. And and hey, I know Chris. I'm on the. The radio thing. You're on the program. And we got a good program today. We do. Uh, Going to have our friend Jimmy Traina on from uh, the Jimmy Traina Sports Illustrated podcast. Uh, it is legitimately a great pod. Been on it before, and I actually don't listen to barely any pods, which is maybe a problem because I could learn a lot from them. But uh, <laughs> nodding, yes. Jimmy's is great, and Jimmy is a really entertaining writer as well for Sports Illustrated. So we're also gonna talk to a running back. You might have heard of him, Tiki Barber. A team Kiambu, my guy. You're great with names, dude. You really are. We'll find out. I've been saying a team. I want to give you your flowers, man. For years and years. I want to give you your flowers. You are great with names. Maybe better with names than anybody I know. Thank you. Um, Thank, th- thanks, thanks, Kurt. <laughs> Joke being, yeah, I got it. My name is Chris. Uh, Tiki, Tiki's gonna be great, man, because he's he's perfect for this week's, you know, kind of Twitter fodder that was going down in my mentions, and it it all started with Chris Johnson, who was a wow, what a player he was. Unbelievable. One of the best I've seen in person. And his run in Tennessee was terrific. He had a take that the Tennessee Titans possess the greatest stable of running backs 
in NFL history as a franchise or as a team. Um, that sent me down a rabbit hole, and I spent the better part of the week on Twitter arguing with uh, fans that just like their favorite team's running backs the best. Let's see. I mean, that was pretty much the, uh, the consensus. So I'll have Tiki try to clear that up for us. I mean, the Giants are not in contention. It's just like Tiki and nobody else. That's right. We did get the all-time leading rusher for an NFL franchise on the show. And so, yep. if so, uh, uh, his, his, his bona fides, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. speak for themselves. Yeah, I mean, but the Giants as, as, as a squad, I mean, there's just not a lot of depth there. I mean, some of these other franchises, you're going through it, and the NFL is really like all the great backs, it feels like we're funneled into five, six franchises. Doing a little research, I came across some great names. Yeah. Garrison Hurst, remember him? Oh, yeah, I love Garrison Hurst. Amon Amon Green. Amon Green. Leading rusher for the Packers. Mm -hmm. For the Pack, I'll give you a random one. Wait, I forgot it. (laughs) (laughs) That is random as hell. Yeah. Yeah, but good. Yeah, you got any other ones? Napoleon Kaufman, that's what I was going to say. Nice. Napoleon Kaufman. I'll go back to East Rutherford and say Tyrone Wheatley. Tyrone Wheatley. My goodness. Just a running back <laughs> smorgasbord. You got a lot of them uh, running through your brain. Hey, we'll talk to Tiki about that. We'll, we'll also talk about uh, the Le'Veon Bell news. It's kind of old news now, but how is it going to work out in Kansas City? We'll get to see that this weekend. Um, and uh, Antonio Brown, having spent a lot of time in very interesting locker rooms, Tiki did, uh, I wonder how that dynamic would be in any number of NFL locker rooms that we're talking about him joining very soon. That that story came out of nowhere for me. I just woke up one day and I thought the Antonio Brown thing was over. And the Antonio Brown thing is not over. Apparently not. There are more chapters. In Seattle, what are you doing? Are you really? Well, we don't know that for sure. Is that that for sure at this point? Nope. So we'll talk about that with, uh, with Tiki as well. And uh, also, Fitz, Fitzy, Fitzmagic. Uh, that's a tough one for all Fitzmagic fans. But we'll see if Tiki thinks that's going to work out down there in Miami. Um, in the meantime, I, I do want to bring this out. I, I want to do a shout-out or two. Um, I want to shout-out my wife, Meg, my lovely wife, Meg. For no reason, because she doesn't listen to the podcast. No, that was made abundantly clear this past weekend. Hey, Meg. I'm not doing the dishes anymore, ever. I'm not putting the dishes in the dishwasher anymore. And it doesn't fucking matter, because you're not going to hear this. We should call this segment Wife Alert. Kind of like <laughs> Life Alert, but Wife Alert, to see if they actually <laughs> listen to anything. Yeah, just... That I've been doing that for two years because I tell a bunch of fucking lies on this show. I know you can't tell, but I've shaved everything on my face but my mustache again, which my lovely wife, Kate, can't stand. Can't stand it. But she can't really see it in person. Not many people can. Yeah. So this will be a... Uh, uh, this will be a... You right? Yeah, I'm good. This will be a wife alert to see if she listens since uh, she doesn't ever really look at my face. Hey, wife alert. Sometimes I vape right under the smoke detector. And I tell you, I never do, but sometimes I do. We'll pick this up next week, but I wanted to shout out Meg because this weekend, I mean, she was just on a roll with the honesty. Was she not? First, she says, 
she loves your lovely wife, Kate, so much in a very serious tone that, quote, if you guys ever stop being married, she would be friends with Kate. Right, which is fine, but then it she, wasn't clear she if she was had friends stopped with you the before sentence. she was friends with Kate, though, so that's upset. But she didn't really stop the sentence before everybody started laughing. And, I, and then you, you asked her if that was the end of the sentence, and she said yes. Well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 she can still be friends with Kate. I don't know. Meg would. No, 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 no. Okay, so here's where the confusion is. What she meant by that was that she would, if it came down to it, she would choose to be friends with Kate and stop being friends with you. Right, if she had to pick. Now, I understand the implication in the of, event of, a, of where we stopped her D. sentence. That would, be, that, that would be a mistake on Meg's part. Wife alert. Wife alert. <laughs> also, um, when I asked her if she watches or listens to our content, uh, she was like, I don't have any fucking time. Uh, you never log into the baby monitor. I mean, it's open anytime. Log in. I'm like, it's quite different. We're creating content. That's not really content. Check out the playroom from hours <laughs> eight to four. Luke hit his brother in the face with a block, violently. Uh, also, shout out to Adam Rank for asking me how he could help my fantasy team on, on Twitter. That was nice of him. Bro, you suck. I have a, <laughs> I have a fantasy conundrum. I know we can get back. Uh, uh, more breaking news. Cardinal Seahawks flex to Sunday night because Raiders Bucks is going to Sunday late afternoon because they want to guarantee a Sunday night game because Raiders Bucks has COVID concerns with the yeah. Raiders O line. Yep. So I'm in a position where, and now this is Friday, um, I might have started Boston Scott and or Travis Fulgham last night. I don't know what to do, but I do put a lot of thought into it, and I'm at five and one atop the standings. The Cucks, your club, unfortunately, one in five looking at a billboard. Yeah, it was humbling when I told, again, my lovely wife, my fantasy football record. All those years of being emasculated on the field by really disjointed scores for the St. Louis Rams and like walking through the tunnel after the game, like I didn't feel ashamed. When I told her by the refrigerator the other night <laughs> that I was fucking 0-5 and she knows the dudes in the league, I felt emasculated. Boy, did I make up excuses. Yeah, I lied to injuries. Meg about the excuses that I made up. Wife alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The other night illustrated why I'm so bad at the sport of fantasy football. So Kenyon Drake scored a, a late touchdown on a Dallas defense that ev evidently didn't have themselves on their fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice 69-yarder to the house for Kenyon Drake, and you say to me, it, it, it swung a game in our league. Yeah, in our league, our group chat is going bananas, dude. And you said to me privately, yeah. hey, Side chat. hey, um, and I'm just guessing at your tone, hey, uh, how can somebody score that many points on one play? Nah, it was more like, holy shit, how did he score all those points? Or it didn't make sense to me. So I had to explain to you that 69 yards is 6.9 plus yeah. a tud yeah. is 6 yeah. equals 12.9 points on one play for Kenyon Drake. I just root for the guys to play well, you know? And I know that, you know, it's uh, you want them to catch the football. Run the football. But not as important to throw the football is what I've learned. 
Well, you get six points for a TD pass. Who's your Who's your quarterback? It's been a revolving door of yeah. Well, we Daniel like to, Jones. We like to keep guys honest. You know, if you fucking sit there, Fitzy. if the Liberty Cucks hand you the keys to the franchise and it's just pressure free, these guys get out there and they dick off like Daniel Jones did the other day. And I benched his fucking ass, sent him out into you know fantasy football oblivion into the graveyard, and I brought in the young gun, Justin Herbert. Good for you. And I'm going to enjoy watching him and having him on the team, but he better not get too fucking comfortable because I will go out and get me Case Keenum after they bench Baker in two weeks. I've got a shout out. Yeah? My buddy Daniel, Daniel Derry in New York. Hell yeah. Sent me a uh, wedding gift a little bit belatedly. Yeah. And um, it's a great gift. Boy, where do we start? It uh, It's a painting and it's a painting of... The green light set, yeah, featuring you and me, which uh, we'll get up on the on the green light feed. Perhaps even your feed might pick it up, and yeah, then below my yours, socials. I'll comment so that like I can like and subscribe to my Twitter. Grab onto the coattails uh, as tightly as I can. So this is the most amazing painting I've ever seen. It's done by our guy Ace. His Twitter handle Ace in Chico. He's in Chico, California, and it's a handle that makes sense. And uh, golly day, this appears to be a watercolor. Ace, you're the fucking man, dude. I mean, he's gotten the <clears throat> bobbleheads in this. Your face is my favorite part. We'll get to that, but let's start with wedding gifts being paintings. Yeah. So my man Ace writes. Yeah, hey, it's cold in this studio. Hey, Reed, could you uh, go turn the the AC off? Would that would that be all right? Is this a like, bit? No, it's not a bit. I'm really fucking cold, actually. I thought that setup was clearly you getting Reed to bring me a wedding gift that you had gotten me. No, and that's funny because what I admitted is that I haven't gotten you a wedding gift yet. And it's been some time, but you have to understand that there's a pandemic. It's disrupted a lot of the marketplaces that we rely on for wedding gifts Any given a yeah, normal got married before the pandemic but that was a great setup for reed to bring in like the thanks reed the golf cart you had gotten me for my wedding yeah i'm gonna pull it right through the fucking three foot door there buddy so ace writes to my buddy daniel thank you daniel congrats to macon on getting married <clears throat> which tickles me uh enjoy <clears throat> the painting all the best ace ace we love you man um have you seen my jawline the bags under my eyes really pop, but that jawline is, is something else. <laughs> Can we talk about your hand? Yeah. My <laughs> hand is your fucking... It's like a Halloween... 11-inch hand. <laughs> it's dainty as fuck, bro. But dude... It looks like... Your hand on the left looks like a Halloween hand. It does. That, Have you like, seen that, that you buy got, in the store that's severed at the end. But and then got, your hand on the right looks like... Take my strong hand. Did you see that he got your busted ass fingers that don't work on your phone? Yeah, they're all fucking jacked. <laughs> Why do my hands look so bad, bro? Because they are like that in real life. You no, can't, I know. You he's, know you can't hold on to things. He's on point with that. I can't. I drop shit all the time. He's got the William Hayes. Uh, he's got the dude crowd. in the middle, by the way. Jack Youngblood. Jeff Bridges is yes. battling cancer, so yeah, send some strength down. to yep. the dude. Um, got the Lombardi's. I look like a reptile from living, who lives in a trailer in Eastern Washington. Yep. Like I'm the, the trailer that kids avoid because their parents tell them to avoid it. Yes. And you look, you look like Steve B Buscemi. <laughs> you look fucking old as shit. <laughs> look 
with the bags under your eyes. He really captured those. Oh my God, that feels personal. Yep. 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 So what we're gonna we're gonna do that hand. You got osteoporosis in that fucking hand. That's a watercolor though. It's amazing. You and I could not come close. No, so what we're gonna do is Ace, we're sending you to Chico Art School. Six months. Chico Art School and Gallery. Chico, California. <clears throat> and you're going there. Fifty bucks a week. You're going for six months. That's that's amazing. If you want to, you Ace, don't have to go. If you want to, do it. But I think it's awesome that that you you're trying this and that you listen to the pod and we're gonna celebrate this with another portrait in in seven months. And I will work on my eye bags in that time. Ace, you fucking nailed those bags, dog. <laughs> and that right hand is creepy as fuck. It always has been. Wait, in real life? Yeah, it looks like the painting. No, 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 no. The so painting's a little painting exaggerated. Just a touch. I have nice hands. Man, Ace. Chico Art School, brother. All you gotta do is tell all your classmates to subscribe and like. See, what we're doing here is playing the long game. Rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Yep. Tell them to do all that and uh, get ready to be a, uh, a pupil. Thanks, Ace. Ace, appreciate you're you. the man, dog. No bullshit now, Ace. This isn't like some fake shit. We're gonna hit you up. Remind me to hit him up. Yep, will do. Okay. Also, um, I'm a dumbass because we did uh, we did family photos yesterday with Sarah Kramer, who's terrific. Shout out to Sarah Kramer. Great, great pictures. Kept kept the kids entertained somehow, which was amazing. She really has a gift. Um, she asked uh, what, if any, you know, positives there have been to isolation over the last six months to make conversation. And I said, no weddings, that's one. Hmm. <laughs> oh, to a wedding photographer. <laughs> I'm such a fucking idiot. And I literally, my life flashed before my eyes because I totally just meant like, I don't like weddings and big events and shit. I've gotten out of a couple just the last couple months, which is nice. Yeah. You know. I felt like a moron, dude. That's like, that's funny. And I, I did you I, catch it in real yeah, time? Yeah, I did. And I go, I know what it sounds like. <laughs> I know that's that's your livelihood, but uh, I just don't like big crowds. Yeah. And she got it. She did the oh, it's no big deal. Yeah. If uh, I'll just cut your head out of all the photos now. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm a moron. Week six of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week seven. There's no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week seven, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code GREENLIGHT when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code GREENLIGHT to get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and first bet match. Each up to $500 deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. We're going to have uh, Tiki Barber join us now. Also ran for 10,000 yards. I hate arguing with fans on Twitter about football. Hate it. And I'm also not, I'm not a dummy. Like, I didn't play running back, so I could be wrong, but... I'm not going to be told that because I didn't play running back. I don't know what I'm talking about. And also, I've made some really good points on this subject. We are going to figure out whose franchise boasts the best stable of backs historically. And I'm not even going to have to make the final call. I might steer the conversation, but I'm going to let Tiki make the call. uh, And we're going to settle this thing once and for all. And then hopefully, I'm going to go back to Twitter and brag about how I was right all along. Anyways... We'll get some thoughts on uh, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell as well and some of the NFL breaking news type stuff. Let's get Tiki on. For those of y'all listening, I, I, uh, we, we, we talked on Twitter with uh, a number of fans this week. It started with CJ2K, mm-hmm. I guess, remarking that um, the Titans had the best stable of backs of all time as a franchise. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I kind of was like, okay, uh, listen, he's got it. There's a case to be made, but the guys yep. that were shared on the graphic, you know, whatever was the check down or whatever, was Derrick Henry, CJ2K, and Eddie George. And okay. so I go, and I didn't even mean to make it a Rams are the best franchise for running backs deal, but I yep. go, listen, I played with two guys here that if you're going to put Derrick Henry on the list, you have to put Todd Gurley on the list, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. If, if Derrick's elite through his first four or five years, so is Todd. That's right. Todd if, won an offensive MVP or offensive player of the year. Yes. And which was should have been the MVP, but Tom Brady decided to throw for whatever it was, fifty touchdowns that year. Yeah, that that feels like well <laughs> if you look at last Sunday, it doesn't feel like that long ago. But I uh I, I posited that, you know, Eric Dickerson, Marshall Falk, Todd, and Steven Jackson, mm. who I learned on Twitter this this week, nobody watched play. Uh we're How's just that as, possible? Yeah, I don't. Well, we were really, bad. really bad lighting. In yeah, that but Jones yeah, but he was like he was the he guy. Had, he had the he was he had the hair. Yeah. He was he was like dynamic. Mm-hmm. He was strong. He was fast. And I ca- loved, and I've loved watching. And that's right. And he caught the ball. I loved watching Steven Jackson. And and fans. What I, well, what I also learned, which I didn't learn, it was just reinforced pretty pretty handily. That yep. fans, if you ask them who they thought and they weighed in, it was always their favorite team. I had some Colts fans mm, explaining to me that when I cited that group of four Rams running backs, they go, well, we had Edron James and we had Eric Dickerson and Marshall Falk. I'm like, fuck, dude, you can't take Rams running backs. They spent more time and were more productive with the Rams. True. So, so these- but wasn't Eric Dickerson, though? Wasn't he also a Colt and then a 49er? Uh, I mean, these guys I, kind of have been, they kind of barred the brands of all the teams, right? Well, so that was one that came up with Thomas Jones. Because yes. we were going through Bears backs for a second. Okay, so who is Thomas Jones in your mind? Where do you well, see him as? Initially- I'm biased because I see him as a Jet. And he can- and, and Macon pointed that out as well. I, I was trying to fit a square peg in a round hole with the Jets and Thomas Jones, or with the, the Bears and Thomas Jones, to add him to a really nice group of backs when you pit them up against True. the NFL's elite from a franchise. True, but standpoint. not but not not deep on the on the on the list of 10,000 yard rushers. Yeah. And it's it's circumstance, but it is what it is. Matt yeah. Forte never got to 10,000. Got close, he didn't get there. Gail Sayers obviously we know had a, a massive knee injury, but you have the greatest of all time in Walter Payton. So, 
to me, they're kinda... t- to me they're really so like these were the teams that we discussed. And to set the parameters here, um, if you want to include a back, this is how I, uh, how I wrote it out. They can't have earned more yards of production elsewhere, a la Jerome Bettis. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't claim Jerome Bettis, you know, as a Ram because he was there for two, three years. I mean, he was still yep. really good there, but he's a Steeler. Yep. Um, you know, and my gripe with Colts fans and using Marshall because Marshall was. Uh, he made history with that group, and he had more production there, and he won That's a right. Super Bowl. And you know, um, but another parameter is, and this is the biggest wrinkle of the whole conversation. If we're even going to have it, there were Titans fans, and I, and this is compelling, that claim that Eddie George or not Eddie George, um, Earl Campbell, Earl, Earl Campbell should have uh. been uh, a, considered a Titan because it's the same franchise, it's same frame, same franchise history. What say you? Um, I would have to agree with that because the Titans kept the franchise history, right? The Houston Texans don't have the the old franchise history of the of the Houston Oilers. You know what I mean? The Houston Oilers went with Tennessee. They are in Tennessee, so I think I got to say that Earl Campbell, kind of by extension, is Tennessee. Where were the Ravens franchise before they were the Baltimore Ravens? They were nothing. They were well. They were the Colts, but it's not the same franchise, though. The Ravens start right. Let's make it even more convoluted. They were the Cleveland Browns. They were the Cleveland Browns. But I would say Baltimore Colts uh, go to Indy. Okay, but I'm just saying, if you're going to make that argument, I I, I would say, man, Jim Brown was a great Raven. <laughs> like you know, like uh, it just doesn't. So I, we yeah, could, but the Browns are the Browns, and the Browns. Let's not forget when the Browns left, and it's yeah. crazy to think about this because I, I I don't even process it really. Yeah. But there was a point where the Browns did not exist. Right, it's, it's messed up as that is. Right, I know it was the weirdest little time period, and right, it was sad. Even though it they was were very a sad, sad franchises, sad because you just wanted them to win, and you're like, and you didn't just not win; your team disappeared. But we have to hold the organization the franchise accountable for the decisions that they made. Yeah. So the Browns said, fine, leave. We are keeping ourselves. We are keeping our core. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're keeping our history. The mm-hmm. Oilers didn't do that. They were like, all right, peace. See ya. Right. We're all going to Tennessee. So you got to give them credit. You got to, the penalty is not keeping your, your franchise history. You don't get to, you don't get to you know claim it. You know what I mean? Houston, well, the Oilers don't get to claim it. So, so then the, the crux of this whole thing is the graphic only cited those three backs. But if we're going to, let's for the sake of argument, cite the three backs, yep. but, but admit that probably if you include Earl Campbell, they might be in the top three. They're yes. for sure in the top three. But yes. without Earl Campbell, um, we're looking at the Titans with those three guys. We're mm-hmm. looking at the Cowboys with Emmett, Tony Dorsett, uh, and then some fans talked about, you know, Zeke because mm-hmm. of his yards per game and yeah. the, the way his career is well, tracking. It's I mean, a tough week to say that, but true because he had two fumbles, yeah. but he had he did lead the league twice. Yeah, right. He did like twice in rush and mm-hmm. rushing, which is hard to do. Because as as good as I was, I never led the league in rushing. Yeah, and I mean, like Stephen didn't lead the league in rushing. So there's That's like right. there's players like that that you're like, in my opinion. You're all Hall of Famers, but somebody could argumentatively hold it against you. I don't know. I mean, I I, I see it. I see it as like Zeke should be included here personally. Well, if if you're going to include Derrick Henry, you got to include Zeke. You, you have to include Titans Zeke. You have to set themselves up here by including Dehan, who's really yes. 
uh, he's might be the the most dominant back in the game right now, especially with Nick. There's Chubb no doubt out, about it, right? No doubt about it. He's he's in my top three MVP. People want to put Ryan Tannehill there. I'm like, all right, what's this team without Ryan Tannehill versus what's this team without Derrick Henry? It's a different it's a different game because he contributes every way. Whether it's catching a screen pass and going 70, whether it's making DBs make business decisions every time he's coming downhill with you know five yards or ten yards head start, or whether it's in a four minute offense, which you know this very well, Chris. Yeah. We just got to get a stop. We just got to mm-hmm. get a stop. We just got to get a stop. We're gonna put nine guys in the box. We know they're not throwing it. We know that they're running left behind the left tackle, and he still goes six, 60 yards for walk off touchdown. Yeah. That's what Derrick Henry does, and that's hard to do. One missed tackle, and like with the biggest guy on the field that can right. possibly carry the ball for him to go 94 yards last Sunday that's why he's so good so and outran I'm, a DB yeah yeah and I'm certainly not discounting him by using him as an argumentative chip here to include a couple guys for other I'm just yeah. saying that listen he's been great it's been a short burst just like a few of the other guys that we're going to talk about uh also the Bears uh we mentioned their their kind of top-heavy lineup. We we talked about Matt Forte, uh, and then there's one more team. Oh yeah, the uh, the Browns as well. Um, the Browns. Browns. What yeah. about the Steelers? The Steelers are in the conversation, and yeah. to me, Bettis, Franco Harris. Yeah. Hmm. Willie, Par- Willie Parker. Willie Parker. Le'Veon Bell. Uh, yes, I guess Le'Veon. Um, what about the 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 Seahawks? Do they deserve to be on this list? Because Marshawn. Had 6,000 uh, yards there, 10,000 total. Ricky Waters was 10,000 guys. Sean Alexander was just smidge under. Just short of it. They're, they're in the consideration, but I don't think they would win it. Like, they're not in the running to win it. They've had some really great backs. And by the way, that run rushing title that I had a chance to win, Sean Alexander stole it from Did me. Did he steal it from you? Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I ran for... 200-something yards in my last game of the 2005 season. It was against the Raiders. He wasn't supposed to play because he was in Maryland. He was at home. He was on the East Coast doing something. He came back, wasn't going to play in the game, saw that I ran for the 200 yards and played the game and then and and beat me by, I don't know, 20 yards or something like that. So my brother, my brother, yeah, of course. He's my brother from another mother, man. You know, we look alike. You you know what? Actually, I was talking to him a great deal about coming out to his charity thing. That, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a good dude, man. I'm He's glad, awesome. I'm, I'm glad you guys like each other in real life. Cause, oh, cause dude, that I love would, him. That would stick with me. I'd be so pissed off at him. He's so one bad. of the few um, running backs. I was going to say football players, because I know, but Camardi has more kids than I do. Philip Rippers does. He's one of the few running backs that has more kids than I do. Yeah. Because yeah, I, yeah. I, I have six. He has like eight. Maybe he has like 11, I think. Conversion van guys. I respect it. <laughs> Conversion right. van dudes. You got to have the, the... Nowadays, you got to have the automatic sliding door if you have if your conversion van doesn't have the like automatic then you you, you got to step your game up um it really, right. was, it really was 20 yards that's was it, it that's was insane, yeah two zero that's two zero that's 20 insane. yards and i'm like dude i own a rushing title <laughs> right and then yeah nah think again kid we well i mean I did. I, I held that against him. That's why I had the Seahawks on my, on the outside looking in because I was like, that's not even a real rushing title. Yeah, Sean, uh-huh. went, Sean went twenty for seventy three in week seventeen. That's right. Wow. He wasn't supposed to play that game. He really gutted out that rushing title that last <laughs> week. <laughs> oh, good for both of y'all though. I mean, yeah. golly, what amazing careers we got. The the so in the running here, we have not gotcha. eliminated the Steelers. 
We have not eliminated the Cowboys, the Titans, the Rams. Uh, are the Bears in or out in the top? Out. out? Bears okay. have got to be out. Gotta, as much as I love Walter Payton, he's my guy. The other guys just didn't have enough Their top yardage. two are just, if you went off top two, it'd be hard to, to compete You're with right. their top You're two. Right. You're right. So we've got. But we're not doing top two. No. And, and are you going, what are we doing with Jim Brown and Marion Motley who were running over electricians? Yeah, Jim Brown is one of the greatest ever. He's probably at the top of my list, relative, relatively speaking. Yeah. Not, not like statistically speaking. Relatively yeah. speaking, he's best running back ever. But you're right. He was, imagine Derrick Henry playing in 1970. Dude. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. Look that's at, what it is. Look at pictures of Marion Motley on the field, and I'm like, who gave the yoked <laughs> guard the ball? Like, that's right. Who gave the... Quentin Nelson uh-huh. of that era, the ball, bro. Dude, because at that in that era, oh that, a guy God. that size is, is awesome. like, all right, you're playing tackle, you're playing guard, yeah. And at some place, at some some moment of on his path, whether it was in little league or college, he was yeah. like, I'm I'm carrying the football, yeah. And, like, and everyone's like, like okay. they're like, no, you're not, no, you're, <laughs> I, I'm I'm carrying the football, Uh-oh, okay. <laughs> he bullied he, he bullied his way into that position. He was a beast. He looked like he had football pads on. <laughs> but he was literally just wearing like a sweater. That's how they, I mean, so yeah, I mean, nothing against, and also shouts out to Leroy Kelly, mm-hmm. three-time rushing leader. And to me, if you'd asked me a month ago who the best back in football was because he was healthy, I would have said Nick Chubb. So who knows where that goes? That's and right. I don't know that's if you would point. share the sentiment, but. That's a good, I love Nick Chubb. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, just but they, they, don't, they don't really miss a beat no. with Kareem Hunt. No, so, that's what it's almost like. So I don't know. Yeah, it's like I don't know. But it sucks because it works against the public perception of him. You know, yes. like I don't know if it's fair because I think they're both just. Yeah, because even when they were when down. they were bad, when they were underachieving, and and this is the last couple of years, they're just underachieving team. He's still leading the league in rushing, yeah, and or at least close to it. So Chubb deserves a ton of credit. They know you knew they were only doing one thing in Cleveland, running yeah. the football, well, and he still almost led the league, and that's except not for Derrick Henry. No, you're right. <laughs> um, also, I remember playing Kareem Hunt for the first time, and I only played him once when he was in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was his first game. Uh, I don't know what his rookie year was, but oh yeah, he he went off on his first game. Yeah, and game. it was against us. And uh, I remember thinking uh, when I went, I ran like thirty yards downfield to try to tackle him, and I was gassed, <laughs> but I just took my shot. And I remember thinking like that guy's really hard to get down. Like he's, you mm-hmm. just slide off him. I mean, heavy, he is just, heavy body he doesn't move. He's, good, good balance. Yeah, dude. Yep. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a beast, man. So I got to give him his respect as well. But yeah, so the Browns are out of it. We're going Cowboys, Titans, Rams. And, uh, is there anybody else that you Steelers? So let's eliminate somebody. No, here. Let's 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 eliminate the Steelers. Okay, because I can't I I can't go Lev as much as I love Le'Veon Bell, and he's one of those uh, do everything backs. He's the Marshall Falk, Christian McCaffrey type player. He was kind of you know the the second generation of the of that coming back. Marshall was obviously. Well, be honest with you, it was. Craig, Roger Craig. So Roger, Roger Craig. Craig, Roger Craig was first to do it, and then two decades later, a decade later, Marshall Falk did it, and then yeah. me and Ladanian Tomlinson picked it up, and then after us, it's now been Christian McCaffrey and Le'Veon Bell was one of the first to bring it back, like bring back the importance of the dual purpose running back. That's why I but, love Miles Sanders. Oh, exactly. But he just can't stay healthy, man. Yeah. He well, nobody in that again. building can. No, so, they're, they're cursed, man. So we just eliminated respectfully um, yes. one of the teams here, and we, yep. we're down to the Cowboys, Titans, and Rams. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I gotta say, how many years was Dickerson with the Rams? I want to say six. Make you want to check that? I, I know that he played longer in LA than he did in Indy or anywhere. Yeah. In fact, I think he finished in Atlanta. There's one of those weird pictures of a guy that like you didn't know played somewhere like Franco That's Harris right. in Seattle. Yeah. I'll never, it's burned into my brain. That picture of yeah. him in a Seattle uniform. I think he finished in Atlanta. Finished in Atlanta five with the Rams. Five with the Rams. How many? Give me, give me his history. Yeah. His team history. If you have it. Rams 83 through 87. Then he goes to Indy in the middle of that year. 87 through 91 Raiders and Falcons. And what did he do? Yardage, yardage, accolades in LA. LA, he went 1,800 year one, 2,100 year two. Jeez. 1,800 again year four. Wow. And his next best year is 1,659 for, for the Colts in his first full year there. But yeah. But yeah, then no, it went downhill after that first full yeah, year. And, it did. But, but he, he, his best was with the Rams. Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's damn near 7,000 yards with the Rams, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so we're counting him. He's Rams. Yeah, you're, he's you're Rams. You're good to count. Um, who else was it in there? That Marshall, because of, you know. Falk, Falk, uh, Dickerson, Steven Jackson. And if you're, if you're going to count D-Hen, you got to count Todd Gurley, in my opinion. Yeah, so they have four. I mean, they're, they're deep. Four bona fides. I mean, and yes, yes. Can we eliminate the Cowboys? You got Emmett and you have Dorsett, but Herschel Walker was in there, but he was more of a... But if we're letting Herschel Walker in there, then we're letting McCutcheon in there in LA, and like then it's like about the 5,000-yard guys, and that's an incredible career, but it's still, it's like, do we let him, you know, do we... No, I think we can eliminate the Cowboys. I think you're right. With a quick shout out to Calvin Hill. Calvin Hill. Yes, absolutely. Calvin Hill. Uh, Tony Dorsett is 10th all time. Emmett's number one. And also, I wonder if you as a running back look back at Emmett, who's awesome, and this is not to take a shot, but like his situation was great too. Yeah, of course. He had the greatest line in the he history of the He had the anti-Steven Jackson Right. And by the way, he had a great quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback, and a Hall of Fame wide receiver, yeah. and a pretty good tight end as well. Like he, they, they had everything. And he'd probably be placing on all these lists even if he were somewhere else, but the, to be number one, it, like, it undoubtedly yeah. helps. Yes, it yes. Um, you know, honestly, I think if it was just two, I think the Cowboys would be over the Bears. You think so, with, with Tony and Emmett. Tony and Emmett. The I folklore think the Cow- around those two guys in Chicago is just huge. Yeah, but statistically, yeah. an impact. Yeah, it's, it's a hard one. Because you'd, you'd have to judge it. This is just the two-person, you know, best of all time. You'd have to judge it off of intangibles that we as not observers of that in real time can't can't really grasp you know and, what i mean and i agree like i didn't see i didn't see gail sayers in real time but i imagine watching him the kansas comment like cutting across people's faces and making people look stupid and silly had to be you're standing up you're standing up right you're cheering just because you can be at home and seeing that happen you're standing up and cheering can you imagine like and this is why i think we have some, a lot of recency bias by like human nature with with sports mm-hmm. but also the hd zoom in shot of mm-hmm. Derrick Henry decleating Josh Norman. Yeah. What like what would some of these Walter Payton runs look like in HD? Yep. 
That's right. You know, like yeah, where he, where he, where he, you know, bucks his head and drives through the dude, lifts him off his feet. You see guys going to sleep in like in 1080p. <laughs> Are they have they is 1080p the best now? Probably so. 1080 double p, and you're just uh, like all that shit. Like you, you don't. And, and he's still running. By the yes. way, he's he's not hitting you and stopping. He's 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 still going. And with Walter, and correct me if I'm wrong. You're the bigger historian in the NFL, but like. The Bears teams were offensively. That was Walter Payton, right? At it was that, all offense. Yeah. I mean, so, he would play quarterback at times. And check this if I'm wrong. Yeah. I think he might. I know he retired as. He might still be the all-time leading receptions leader. Yeah. And that that wouldn't Chicago shock Bears. Me. He'll look it up. And also shout shouts out to Kevin Backey. You've probably been to Fitzroy, yeah? When you come into town. No, Fitz, I haven't. Fitzroy on downtown mall. You got we got to change that. But he's he's just is such a, almost an unintelligible Chicago <laughs> accent. He will often say that Walter Payton used to play quarterback too. He did, and he I'm did. like, what the fuck are you talking about? But I guess <laughs> he did everything, man. <laughs> this is today's the day I realized Kevin Backey's been right all along. He'll love hearing that too. <laughs> Tiki, Walt, Walter Payton receptions four ninety two, number one all time. Matt yeah, Forte four eighty seven. But again, you know, and Matt Forte has done it longer than than um, than Todd Gurley, but and Todd's knee, who knows? But this year he's over 400 yards already, down in a really right. crappy situation. Like it looks like the train keeps moving. Who hey, knows what his career Raheem ends up Morris. like? But he's Raheem Morris, yeah, turn it around. He's he's ahead of he's ahead of where Matt was, I would say. So we'll yeah, see where that ends right. up. So so we'll take the Bears off really respectfully. Yes, and it's down to the. Rams and the Titans. Rams and the Titans, just where the, where the whole discussion began. What say hmm. you, Teague? It's hard for me. Oh, God. Are we including Earl Campbell? That's the thing. Okay, let's do it two I, ways. With I, Earl said, Campbell, I, you I, say, said, yeah. I said yes, include him. Okay, and, and for the listeners at home, okay, this is round one. Ding, 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 Titans with the Earl Campbell rule. I would also like to show you the... Uh, Jim Brown of the Ravens as well at this point. <laughs> but I'm, the, I'm not with you on that. You're not with me on that. Okay. No, because the because the Browns were different. They kept right? their history, man. Yeah. yeah. They like it's when just, when the Browns confusing. came back, they they still had the history. It's just confusing but though. The Titans What does Pro Football Folk reference say? I think they're going to say Earl Campbell was a Houston Oiler. Okay. Well, let's include Earl let's Campbell. Let's include Earl Campbell. And by the yes, way, but, the, it, but, but, but hold on. Yeah. If you go to Pro Football Reference, they'll say and you, Earl Campbell. And you, I already checked. You go to the Titans and you scroll down to like whatever, yeah. 1980 something, mm -hmm. whenever they left. It's, just, it's the Oilers. It flips to the Oilers, correct? And also, let the. And listen, if they include Earl Campbell, it's a really tough call for me. Yes. If they include, yes. if they include, that's why yes. You know, that's why no, yes. I know. And Other, it, otherwise, I'm saying Rams. Okay. Otherwise, so you, I, I yeah, can't. I'm saying I Rams can't look too. at Dickerson and Falk, who I love. I love Marshall Falk. He's yeah. just amazing. I had my career because he had his career. People saw, in particular, Sean Payton, my offensive coordinator at the time, saw what Marshall Falk was doing and said, we're going to change our offense to do misdirection. We're going to throw it to you out of the backfield. Right. We're going to make use of your skill set. Right. And I rushed for you know, 10,000 yards because right. of Marshall Falk, his success as a dual purpose player. Campman he, allowed me to have a career. <laughs> <laughs> Not as Wait, cool. we, it doesn't sound as cool as yeah. Marshall Falk. And then the next iteration. Aaron Campman, who's that? Aaron Campman. He's a white defensive end. That's all you need. He's yeah. a white DN. He played for the Packers for a long time. He probably tackled you. 
Yeah, but you're a white defensive end too, Chris. No, I know. He paved the way for me. He he uh, uh, yeah, he gave uh. me he gave me it's my It's acceptable. Uh, the been better if you play the WWE. What if you if you would have played quarterback, then you could claim Jason Seahorn? Jason Seahorn. <laughs> that's about it. Your boy. It that's, is. that's it, dude. Um, I love Seahorn. So so it, we, wait, we wait, wait, are we not including the Raiders? Do the Raiders not get so add the Raiders in here. This is why I looked for honorable mentions, but let's go so Raiders. I, they might be honorable mention because Bo with his hip, but Marcus Allen, I mean, to me, Marcus Allen had, he did two great things, three great things. Yeah. One, when Al Davis was fucking with him and said, we don't want you to be the man anymore. You're going to play fullback right. for for Dickerson and Bo Jackson, he did it. And it was a hell of a blocker, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Number two, he has maybe the greatest run in Super Bowl history against then the then Washington Redskins, where he reverse yeah. field, comes all the way out, comes back, cuts up the middle of the field and takes it to the house, hits his head on the goalposts, as they like to say. Mm -hmm. And then three, he's one of those other guys like Marshall Falk. I forgot to mention him. He, Marshall Falk, and myself are... The th only the three guys in NFL history with 10,000 yards rushing and 5,000 yards receiving. So to not include Marcus Allen in the conversation. So, they, so they're kind of like the Bears then in that they're really top heavy. They have two really, really great backs. Yes. And then beyond that, no disrespect right. to anybody. And Honorable listen, mention. The guy, Honorable the, mention. The, guy, right. the guy they have there now is fun. I don't know how long it'll last because that guy's a fucking bowling ball <laughs> and he has no regard for his life. And he played at Alabama, so he's already uh -huh. played in the NFL for five years. But I love watching that guy play. I agree. Josh Jacobs is fun, man. He just is fun. Because he scares me thinking about four-minute mode. Like I, I can, he, he gives me flashbacks of trying to tackle. Like I know he's not built like Michael Turner, but like yeah. flashbacks of just trying to get this guy down, and he's a nightmare, and he's a lot of yeah. fun to watch. So, yeah, so it's just Rams and Titans here. And I'll go with Earl Campbell. It's a toss-up for me. You can have it either way. For the record, Titans fans were not arguing that. They were arguing those three over the Rams, which I think is ludicrous. Adderall Campbell, I'll go either way. What say you, T? CJ, um, Chris Johnson, how many yards did he finish with in his career? He finished with around 9,000, I want to say. You want to check that, Make I, he, also, he also had one Ooh. of the most amazing years I've ever seen hmm. in 2009. 96-51. Yes. 96-51. But that's sub-10,000. It's just the, the one He's zero. about high highs. There was a his years with Tennessee. He had six thousand yards in like yeah. five years, or yeah, maybe even how many years? But he rushed for two thousand, which you just nobody does. I mean, it's it's <sighs> rare. And catch the ball, he did. And but he, and was, he, but was it quite a five thousand yard guy? No, no. So, but I mean, okay. So, but so, he did have he he does have the greatest. All-purpose season, at least yards from scrimmage, not all-purpose, yards from scrimmage season. It was because it was Marshall and then me, and now I think it's CJ, mm -hmm. Marshall, and then me. That's interesting. So I guess we're looking at his closest comp is out of the group is Todd Gurley, Derek Henry, yeah. and Steven Jackson, and then Eric Dick. No, Steven Jackson. And here's if you pit Steven Jackson against Eddie George, I didn't know this. Steven's got more yards, more touchdowns, more yep. yards per carry. And they're both right. great players. But it's amazing how dismissive some Titans fans right. were of Steven Jackson's career. That's Eight right. I straight agree. thousand yard seasons. I know. It's like it's like uh, Curtis Martin for the New York Jets. People don't oh think about him. God, it's like dude, the dude so rushed for he just he, 
Who do we need the game plan for Curtis Martin? Nah, he's not gonna hurt us. Hundred so hundred and ten yards and a touchdown later. Hey, he just he did it every year. Quiet too. Quietly did it. Tiki, uh, terrible news. Christian McCaffrey had two more yards from That's right. That's right. He moved year. ahead of me. That's right. What a jerk. Yeah. yeah. But how many yards rushing did he have? Uh-uh. So what's it gonna be while we get this? Twelve hundred? Are thirteen eighty seven. I had 1850. I don't want to hear it. There we go. That's what I like. The facts. You know we got the facts here. Virginia uh, guys got the facts. Hey. That's right. So, are you going are you going with Earl Campbell or are you going uh Tennessee? I'm going to stay out of this cuz people are going to say it's political for me. I got to go the Rams. Wow. There it is. Bonafide. Two times. I, and you know what does it? The Hall of Fames. Yeah. This is awesome. Chris so Johnson's happy. not going to get the Hall of Fame. Eddie, is, I love Eddie. I have like, I think four more yards or five more yards than Eddie. Right. Rushing yards in my yeah. career. Yeah. Um, but I don't think Eddie's going to get in the Hall of Fame, just like I don't think I am. Earl Campbell is. Derrick Henry might. So if we have this conversation five years from now. You think you, I, th- you think Derrick Henry could? You don't think the carries are going to catch up in the physicality? I'm not betting um, against him. I'm just asking. Chris, nobody wants to hit him, dude. Nobody wants to, but Dude, I, mean, I mean, seriously, tell me the last time you saw him take a like a Christian Okoye shot. From, I, th- uh, I think, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I uh, he doesn't I, take those hits. I was he watching, doesn't take hits. I was watching Yannick Ngakwe tape today because of because uh-huh. of the uh, trade. And by the way, good trade for the Ravens. I Huge think, trade. I think it makes so much Eric, more scheme Eric, fit. Eric DaCosta is one of the most underrated general managers in football. Yeah. Last year, uh, he made the trade for, uh, why am I forgetting the corner? Um, what's his name? Peters, Marcus, yep, Peters. Marcus Peters. Made the trade for Marcus Peters. Started I think he's going to make another right trade. Yep. Yeah. I think he's going to make another trade. They better make um, one on offense here. Now, I know. Yeah, I know, AJ I know. Green. Heard it here first. Okay. AJ like, Green. Here's the deal, man. Like They, they don't do, need him. The Bengals don't need him. They, no, they don't. And when you get caught on tape being like if you don't need me trade me the team yep. looks really dumb when they don't do just that because that's right what you're saying is that i'm willing to keep somebody around who does not want to be here that's you know right what i mean it's like the jamal adams thing what mm-hmm. else, what do you want the jets to do yeah like but um, but here's the thing my only problem with the jets and i yeah. said this on my show last yeah. week um maybe it was i was it was on moose and maggie i was doing a hit on wfan locally in new york you've had now two guys one who you got something back from Another who you got nothing from because you cut him. Talking about Le'Veon Bell, you've had two guys get the hell up out of there by just posting on social. You got to make it harder by posting on social media. You got to get get more for him. But from (laughs) a philosophical standpoint, once your team hears that there's a guy, one of your star players, who does not want to be there, and it's Mm -hmm. like, and this is the tough part about where we're headed right now is. Yep. Old football heads will tell you, if you don't want to be here, get the fuck out. That's right. All right. Like, we'll see if you really mean that, coaches. Uh, That's right. But we're talking about the Ravens. Calais Campbell, they got him for a fifth, which was a steal. And he wanted a new deal, so I get it. Mm -hmm. And you weren't willing to do that. Um, The the Derek Wolf edition is great. It felt like like this move is like, hey, 
we don't like the way we played defensively the last couple of weeks, and we need to get this shit squared away. And when you got leads, yep. you got to put the Eagles away last week. So this right. guy helps a lot. I was worried about him in Minnesota because last time I checked, what got Minnesota railroaded out of the playoffs was physicality in San Francisco. Right. So I'm yep. thinking to myself, like, is a great player, but I'm worried about, like, you just got rid of Everson Griffin for a smaller, better pass rusher. Yes, so that's right. So this is a better fit for it, him. It, it, in, it didn't in, make sense. In and, and they're so young now in Minnesota. Yeah. They went from one of the best defenses that we've seen yep. to one of the worst yep. in this season. So he's not, he wouldn't have been happy there. So th this makes sense. Now they, what they gave up was kind of nothing, you know, second round pick next year and a third round pick in 2022. So yeah, I, I think it's a great trade for them. They're doing a great job. I just would hope at some point that they invest a little bit more in Lamar's weaponry. Yeah, AJ and you heard Green. it here first, guys. Uh, real quick, what do you think about uh, this weekend? Is it going to get ugly for your boy? I got Clyde Edwards Elair on my fantasy team, and Le'Veon is headed there. We've got a week of consumption yeah. on what might happen. I think it's going to work out great. I think it's going to be fantastic. Week we can, one, Clyde, is he going to get all the touches? No, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a rookie, dude. At the end of the day, he's a rookie. Yeah. And we, I picked him to be the uh, offensive rookie of the year. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Um, but, but he is going to learn and he's going to realize the value of competition yeah. and it's going to make him better. I don't see Le'Veon Bell there for the long haul. Maybe he is. I don't, I don't know. Um, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to benefit by not having so many touches. Here's the thing. like We want to accelerate these kids to greatness. Yeah. It, sometimes it, it's, it's better if it takes some time. And the Chiefs are going to be good regardless. They it's are. a great fit for Le'Veon Bell. And I think even though it's going to be frustrating for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because he stepped in being the man, really by circumstance, because they're, they're running back uh, uh, Damian Williams uh, opted out. Yeah. Um, I think that this is it's, it's going to be good for him in the long run. And it continues to be bad for my fantasy team. How about the Fitz magic coming to an end? Yeah. On the heels he of knew it was really, going to happen. I, he did, but... And I get, like, it's funny to me that fans are, like, so callous when players tell you how they really feel. And they're not, yeah. he didn't throw anybody under the bus. He just said, it fucking sucks. I got fired after, yeah. like, my best day at the office. And my whole career has kind of been like that. But it, he knew the kind of, deal. Yeah. He knew the deal. Yeah. It's no different than when, when Kurt Warner came to the New York Giants after the Giants drafted Eli yeah. Manning. We knew the deal. Everybody knew the deal. It sucked for a, you know, a few weeks, but eventually Eli figured it out and he started winning some games and then ultimately won two Super Bowls. So it's it's a necessary part of it. You need you need a veteran to help these young kids acclimate themselves. It's why Pat Mahomes, to be honest with you, is so great because he had Alex Smith yeah. and also his coach and Andy Dalton is, is is amazing but he had a good mentor mm -hmm. which allowed him to slowly grow into the role eventually then he wins the mvp and then the super bowl um i don't know if Tua is going to have that same trajectory but ryan fitzpatrick is one of the best teammates that you can have in the national football league even if he's not playing and if he's upset because he's not playing i think so, it's great so fitzpatrick is uh like the anti brett Favre with the yeah, with yeah, the rookie yeah. qb situation no yeah, he, but he, brett, uh, yeah but brett was there i mean he, he was there yeah yeah listen but part of part of it was brett was you know he was throwing mixed messages all around right so like the packers had to you know think yeah, about yeah yeah, yeah. Drafted as a but i'm saying that wasn't a, an easy room to walk into for aaron aaron Rodgers. but just, it's a different era too it's man. a different era yeah and i always tell but, people yeah. that it's like just now you it's a it's it's really a young man's game and you can't be you can't be a dick to all your rookies you just nope. can't i was nope. never that way anyways no but there's like, no hazing there's no, none of that stuff no. anymore but 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 so i guess for me he knew it was going to happen. You know, this has been his role from place to place. Why now? Because 
one, because it's the bye week, but not opportune to give him his first snaps in that situation where you were playing the Jets and Greg Williams, and you're gonna get hit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, why but I think, two, but, but I think they, I think, I think they wanted that though, Chris. Yeah. Because I, I, I honestly think the reason that they didn't want him to compete, well, it's twofold. One, there was no offseason, so he didn't get a chance to acclimate, learn everything, learn what he was good at. You know, offensive coordinators like to go in with the quarterbacks and say, all right, what do you like? Are you going to go into two after not seeing him all offseason and throw a playbook at him in training camp and say, what do you like? He's, he, he may get it because he may be smart like that, but I don't know. They don't know. The only guy so, who can handle that is Justin Herbert. That's right, Justin Herbert, and he is, Goat. dude. I was at the um, I was at the College Football Foundation um, scholar. It was like some scholar award, award, and Justin Herbert won it. Like he was his top scholar in college football last year. I was oh, like, dude, that's that guy's gonna go to first round. He's fun to watch, dude. He's he's fun. He's a genius too, yeah. and he's and he's a smart kid. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that he picked it up so easily. Tua's a gamer, yeah. right? And Tua is is likable. We've seen his leadership ability at Alabama, which, right. as you mentioned before, is a pro offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had to make some big-time plays. I was watching someone break down his national championship game against Georgia and how you know, he took a sack at the end of that game when he shouldn't have. He should have thrown the ball away. They came right. back, ran a similar play with a go with Devontae Smith on the left sideline. It was cover cover three no it's cover one it must have been cover one because the corner was running with him he looked the safety off to save he took two steps and then he threw it i mean it was it was yeah. beautiful and that was just, he was a freshman you yeah. know what i mean it was his first game action it was a pro throw i think he's going to be fine what they needed to find out back to my original point is is he actually healthy enough to play in an in nfl game and i think they got satisfied yeah um listen and i understand it's probably been a very long road for him and um you know, it's it 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 was a cool moment, and you saw the picture of him on the field and all that. Like, yep, it's just probably not how he drew it up when he got hurt that he'd be, you know, in the era of COVID, sitting no. on the field in Miami, or you know, it's just it's it's good to see him get an opportunity. Do you think that the the Dolphins can be more than like a hey, that's nice. The Dolphins are competitive this Sunday. Oh yeah, or are they Dude, like they, a, yeah. no? They spent so much in all, in this off season and free agency on the defense side of the ball and. Uh, they bring in Van Der, uh, not Leighton Van Der Esch, um, uh, Van Noy, Kyle Van Noy from, I bet Van Der Esch from New England. They brought him in. I know, yeah, exactly. But he's hurt right now. Uh, Jalen yeah. Smith wishes they took him with him too. Byron Jones, mm-hmm. like they did well yeah. in free agency. Then they did well in the draft. Yeah. Um, I think they, you know, uh, Devontae Parker's finally getting it. I, you know, he finally showed up. They have some talent, man. Yeah. And if Tua is the magic that they drafted him to be, of course they could be. Look, yeah. I, I like the Bills. Um, their defense is good. I think it's more hype right now than it is it's actualities. Totally, totally. Um, I think that Josh Allen has gotten better, yeah. but he's not there yet. The um, well, last two games are evidence, right? He's just all of yeah. a sudden he's going through that lull. So we saw yep. him get start hot, but what do you do now? Does, that's right. What do you do to stop the slide? Because it, it, right. it felt like a little mini slide for somebody who set the bar so high for a month. Yeah, you know? he did, because he was amazing. Yeah. He was in the MVP conversation yep. for four weeks, and then yep. he's lost two, now two in a row. And the Pats are, I mean, we know the Pats. They don't have talent. And if uh, if, if Cam can be an elevator, they're going to be just fine. If not, then they're going to be a middling team. So can they, can they do something? Of course they can. Antonio Brown, it, before I let you go, uh, I thought, like I told Macon, I woke up one day and I realized that this story's actually not over. I thought, I mm-hmm. thought, it's almost like I forgot that it was. That well, you know what you forgot? Yeah, you well, forgot that he was suspended. Yeah. 
and you just assume that nobody had any interest in him because that's what happened with me. I, yeah. I like we we talked about it, but I completely forgot that he had been. It's been a suspended. weird year. There's been some things pop up. So <laughs> well, there was much more interesting things than yeah. Antonio Brown being suspended yeah. for eight games. But he's back in the about. news cycle. So if you're yeah. what kind of team? Baltimore. I, I know what I think. Okay. Baltimore, yeah. Seattle. Okay. There's got to be somebody, meaning a head coach, who's got absolute control. Like, there's no question. Like, he couldn't go to Dallas right mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. because Mike McCarthy is under fire, uh, and especially his defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan, is oh, under he, fire he right would now. Be, it'd be like putting gasoline on. That's right. You know. So he's got to go somewhere where there is a there is a solid foundation of head coach right. and veterans right. who can smash him into place. Right. Now, he had that last year in New England. And if it hadn't been for that second accusation that kind of came out of the woodworks and the Patriots had to move on from him, who knows what he would have done there? Because yeah. Tom loved them. Tom Brady loved them. Um, but, but they, but they were they were doesn't forced. need him and Tampa's not no. on the list. No. So for me, it makes sense if you have a coach who's not afraid to admit having scratched a lotto ticket. Because yeah. that's what you're doing. So, like, yeah. Romeo you, Cornell, Houston. Yeah, I, I thought about Houston. I mean, mm -hmm. this is a guy. He, he should have no conscience. I mean, of course not. No, what does he conscience. care? <laughs> like, like, I thought about Houston for sure. Uh, I thought about Philly, but I think that Howie would be too afraid to say I made a yeah. mistake two weeks later because yeah. Howie's taking it on the chin a little bit because of the personnel stuff. It has yep. to be somebody that, to me, is secure right now in the situation with a locker yeah. room that's got leadership yeah. and if it's not working you don't fuck around yeah you know like, eric the, eric da costa yeah baltimore that's, Ravens. The, that's a good call um baltimore for sure and you don't think they're interested in stretching the field in green bay do you no well, i don't they don't need it i mean they do but their their offense is now aaron jones and you know the it's 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 there are big plays to be had i think uh marquez uh, marquise valdez scantling is, mm -hmm. is is good one obviously Devontae adams is, yeah. is, is, is a but stretcher you just don't as well think of him as the i don't think of him as the guy that's well, going to get like vertical six yards of separation am i wrong no no okay. you talking about adams yeah no, no, no. But think about what we saw in Tampa. If you have a front four, and they're going to face some teams that have good front fours, and maybe even you know with an extra blitzer, if good if coordinators are good enough to devise ways to do it, mm -hmm. what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did to Aaron Rodgers, I haven't seen in a long time. Wow, that, dude. That, I mean, him looking confused, like what in the fuck is happening right now? Wow. That's what it felt. That's what it felt like looking at his face. He was confused. I, I was um, and talking the, about and, it earlier. It's it's, yeah. it's it's it was like the seventh circle of hell for him. Yes. Every yes. series there was like a what moment? And you know where, yeah. what what jumped off the tape to me was and everybody up front was bringing it. There were guys making plays all over the place. So you're like, yep. that guys on this team, Devin White and mm -hmm. Levante David. Yep. Them running tosses down Mm -hmm. Is like the coolest yeah. thing to watch on a football yeah. field because you because you forget and Dominican Sue is on this team and he's a he's a mauler yeah and so he he takes up guards and and, and centers mm -hmm. so they can't get up to those linebackers and before you know it your linebackers making every play and then JPP is having a resurgence season and Shaq Barrett who mm -hmm. led the league in and and uh, in, in sacks last year he's he's still there and, yeah. and their secondary which is their weakness in Tampa played great Jamel Dean and his pick six I mean that was like he was perfectly timed he 
was yeah. right in the hip pocket and took it and went went to the house and that turned the game. Um, so teams are going to start doing more of that to the Green Bay Packers if they're trying to throw the ball downfield. So as a result, I don't think that they need that. I think they yeah. need to get back to what made them successful last year, which is turning around and handing it off uh, uh, to to their running back and Aaron Jones, who led the league in touchdowns last year, and um, you know make it easier for. Um, Aaron, yeah. who's not as young and athletic as he used to be. He used to run away from that stuff. Yep. He can't do that anymore. Dude, he was not running away from Devin White. Not many people can, but like, no. uh, I, I, I saw some plays that my jaw just dropped on film. And <laughs> yeah. it's like the Bucks woke up one day and they were like, you know what? We can be pretty, pretty, pretty mm-hmm. fucking good. And not right. just like Hype. And it's not just because of Tom Brady. Yes, like we're really, and that's what you knew coming in the year. That defense is the strength of that team. You know, right. I had to whisper right. that, but it, it is. Um, I know. So, again, you know, this weekend, Green Bay is going to have a shot uh, against Houston to rectify some things, but it's mm-hmm. a totally different team. So, even if they pass that test and look good doing it, I'm still going to be thinking about that Tampa situation because when it happens again, and you know this in the NFL, it's like until you make it go away on tape, and That's we're right. talking Green Bay's defense too got bullied. Yep, they did. Until that shit goes away on tape, people are going to, like, good teams are going to try to just smash you. Yeah, um, it's a copycat league. Yep. I mean, that's a cliche for a reason. It's yep. a copycat league. You do something bad, there's something you can't figure out, you're going to get exploited until away. you figure it out. Try. Not going away. Tiki, I appreciate you, man. Uh, I'm glad Always, we, brother. we settled the debate on the, um, on the Rams being the group with and i didn't say it tiki said it and i trust guys with numbers like him <laughs> dude, we 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 did we had a we had a reasoned conversation yep. we talked it out made some two you uva know. guys that's how we hash things out <laughs> wow um, wow brother hey uh tiki and tyranny uh what time is that on and all that three to six three, three to, to six, six eastern noon to three pacific hardest, cbs sports radio cbs sports network hardest working dude i know uh appreciate uh, you i try man. catch you anytime soon. brother all right so that was awesome I mean, Tiki said it, the Rams got the best running backs. I just, I wasn't even confident about making that declaration earlier this week, but now I feel pretty good. Can't tell me shit. Now, let me give you the most random podcast segment of the week. I just figured I'd call my friend Jimmy Trana from Sports Illustrated. Uh, He's got a podcast, he writes, and I just felt like doing a, a random segment where I follow through on the promise that I would find some Lucky Charms ice cream. Uh, which totally fucked me up, throwing me off my game all week thinking about that ice cream. I learned about it during Stone Mailbag last week, and I can't stop thinking about the ice cream. I had Cowboy Reed go and get me some, and I just thought it would be stupid to sit here and eat ice cream alone or just me and Macon. Figured I have to call a friend. I tried to Postmates Jimmy some uh, ice cream. I didn't even know what Postmates was, more old guy shit, but they, they, they Target doesn't do it, so... No dice. It's just going to be me eating some Lucky Charms ice cream. We'll see where the conversation goes. Always good to see my buddy Jimmy Train on the other end of a Zoom call. So here's Jim. So is this Lucky Charms ice cream new? Is this a new product? No. Well, it's a year old, but it's new in my life. Um, Right, right. So last week I learned that it existed, and uh, I've been losing it to, to get to Target and get some. Jim, what's your favorite cereal from the '90s? From the '90s, like you know the stuff, uh, the stuff that they've gone because of sugar. We see. I'm not. A, I'm not a sugar cereal guy. Believe it or not. I mean, really? because I'm. Yeah, because I'm fat. Most people assume I'm a sugary cereal guy. I'm not that. like. Also, you look great. I'm just. 
No, no, I'm just saying, like, I am not, like, give me Rice Krispies, Cheerios, and uh, Golden Grams, I don't think, get the respect they deserve. He's absolutely right. Golden Grams, yes. Apple Jacks and Cap'n Crunch. Mm. I'm not into the Fruit Loops, Lucky Charms, Cocoa this, Cocoa that, like, not my thing. Jim? Yeah. If I were you, I would head to your local Target and see about changing that. You look like you're enjoying that. It's really good. It doesn't mix well. It's like real globby, you know? Is it a vanilla base? Well, it seems to be vanilla. Yeah, I think it's it's got corn syrup in it, though. Shocking. <laughs> we tried to get, uh, what is it, Postmates or something to bring it to you, but they don't have it where you live. Because I'm not in the city. I'm out in the suburbs here that Joe Biden's apparently going to abolish, so I'm on Long Island. <laughs> And I'm not in Manhattan where they deliver all that stuff. How does it work? Is everybody like packed up to leave the suburbs in case? Because if Joe Biden wins, like what do they do? Do they come through with tanks and cement? I I will find me. I'm hoping to find out on November 4th. I mean, maybe I just, you know, I'm somewhere else in the, in the, in the atmosphere. I don't know where, what happens and where I go, but. Well, I hope wherever you go. They have Lucky Charms ice cream. I'm not giving it a 10. And I've been thinking about it all week. It's kind of like it reminds me of when I saw uh, Inception or one of those movies. Such a buildup. And I, it's, it's like I don't like walking into a movie when, when people have been talking about it for a month. And that's right. what's going on right now in, 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 in this little in this bowl of yeah. ice cream. What's normally the Chris Long go-to ice cream flavor? Vanilla. Vanilla, yeah. Just plain vanilla? That's it? I like vanilla. Yeah, I like vanilla a lot. I, I used to you be a cho- chocolate guy, but now I'm going vanilla the last but couple like, years. Sh- straight up? You don't throw a bunch of shit on there? In a perfect world, golly, you just hear it? Can y'all hear it? Yeah. You can hear it? Yeah. I'm waiting for the brain freeze. I'm a little self-conscious now. <laughs> um, no, nah, but like Jim, you know, NFL teams have like ice cream bars and shit. Right, right. And so we had like a legendary ice cream bar in Philly because Doug loves ice cream. That was his last words in every night team meeting. Now let's go get some ice cream. And everybody was obviously psyched that they're going to go shovel ice cream by the pint into their stomach to carb up like like Michael Scott carving up for the marathon. <laughs> Big difference between ice cream and fettuccine Alfredo, though. <laughs> yeah, but still, like, it's so funny that we're all sitting there at 11.30 p.m., world-class athletes, like, racing to an ice cream bar. Like, I'm going to turn my fucking ankle trying to beat Ken Flagel, the linebacker's coach who's tattooed on my ribs now. I'm, I'm going I'm, to, I got to beat him every week to the ice cream bar. And it's not good for you. Like, we play games in front of hundreds of mil- millions of people tomorrow and we're full of ice cream the best athletes in the world are full of haagen-dazs that's the brand if you're gonna have ice cream that's the brand to have oreos crushed up oreos and vanilla ice cream that's my that's my go-to what is yours jimmy i mean anything with peanut but you know vanilla peanut butter any kind of there's gotta be peanut butter involved vanilla peanut butter swirl it reese's Mm -hmm. pieces whatever cookies and cream though is is a fine backup and I like coffee ice cream too. I'll give you those coffee three. Coffee ice cream. Love it. Where are you guys 
on chocolate mint or whatever that bullshit is. The green ice cream with the mint chocolate chip. It's elite. Yeah. It's elite. You guys are both on that train. Uh, it, no, it's it's. I mean, I could drink Robitussin or wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you're you. on the you're on the toothpaste is mint chocolate yeah. chip. Yes. side of things. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't like any. I'm not into mint. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I it's because I had a rumple mints problem in college mm. one night. Y'all ever have a rumple mints night? Yep. No. You never had a rumple mints night? No. Yeah. I, anything with mint, I avoid. Yeah, not well, into mint. It's good. You York, sk- you skip the the learning step. York like, peppermint patties. I mean, something old people like, bro. Yeah, like. Mm-hmm. Jimmy was about to say yes. He would do York peppermint. No, patties. like yeah, he knows if I'm si- if I'm sitting there and there's one there, I mean, maybe I throw it down my throat for a quick second or something like that. But I'm not. I'm not seeking out. I'm never in my life ever seeking out a York peppermint patty. The only time you have to eat a York peppermint patty is when somebody like won't won't let it go. Like they have them in a bowl and they're like, "Have one, have one, have yeah. one," and they just keep inching towards you with that fucking disgusting looking <laughs> wrapper. And then you eventually, it's like a social thing. You have to have it. Okay, Junior Mint. What you uh, you'd have to show me a picture of that. You don't I mean, know what I'm not gonna. Junior Mint is. Have you ever been to a movie? But but the Junior Mint is Seinfeld. Correct. You should know it just from that. Yeah, yeah but I, I, we've talked about this. Seinfeld was strictly a depressing homework time starting like time slotted sitcom that I didn't always get as a 13 right. or 14 year old. But you're like what 20 years removed from school. I think you can move past it now and watch the greatest sitcom of all time. Okay. How do I do that? How would I watch Seinfeld to help me? It's either on, like, I think it's on prime or Hulu. Is there like a, a season I start with? Do I just start with the first season and just watch it in order? The is first there- season is completely different than the second season like the first like so when the show started nbc only ordered i think it's either four or six episodes the first season and it was actually called a different name it was called the seinfeld chronicles it wasn't called seinfeld elaine wasn't on it in the first couple episodes yikes so you could just jump in with season two it's curb you love curb it's curb there's nothing it's a a, a pg seinfeld but it's just that you can't be there's no ld but there yeah, is. But, There's George. Yeah, ex- exactly. He, Macon is one thousand percent right. George is Larry. Okay. I mean, everything I've seen from George is a totally different stick. Like it's just a different delivery. You can't make Larry David's face. His face <clears throat> is. It's like you, one of the you, seven you, wonders you, of the world. How you can make those faces. You you will see how wrong you are. You know, it's not that you're wrong. I mean. Yeah, he's not literally Larry David, but the character—you will love that okay. character with okay. all your heart. Okay, with all, with all my heart. He's Seinfeld, yes. guys. People do love the fuck out of some Seinfeld. Hey, will you help us settle something here? I, the backstory is, well, I'll ask you as a New Yorker: is it a, is there a sense that this is the worst Jets team of all time, or this is the lowest Jets moment of all time? Uh, I mean, the Jets, outside of maybe three or four years have always been an embarrassment. This might, this, the rich Cotite era was still probably rock bottom, but they're getting close. They're getting close to matching the rich Cotite era. And, um, the, cause Jets the fans problem- are a really hardened callous bunch. I mean, for them to be 
reeling, relatively speaking, that it has to be really bad, right? I mean, it's really bad. Yeah, there's it, no it doubt is about really it. Bad, but and they're not, and the and Jet fans in New York and the New York media, they're not going to rest until Adam Gase is fired. And why isn't he fired? Because of Trevor I, Lawrence. Well, they I, you know, well they need they need him, but he's not going to see Trevor Lawrence. No, but they need They're him just in using place to him get to, to Trevor Lawrence. To, in earnest, I mean, this is like earnest tanking. And think about what a waste is. They drafted Darnold, and now they're going to like tank for Trevor Lawrence, and they wasted the draft. You know, it's not good. But they have no what, Yeah, but when Arizona when just Sam did it, da- yeah, Josh yeah. Rosen, Kyler Murray, and now yeah. they're yeah, they look like a squad. Well, listen, it's going to be more common nowadays, uh, just the way things are set up with these rookie deals and. I think uh, if you're New York, Sam Darnold can win in this situation, get traded somewhere nice. Uh, maybe Indy. We talked about that last week. Or, you know, start the whole thing over with Trevor Lawrence. I think both outcomes are exciting. Um, Better than Joe Flacco handing off to our guy Frank Gore. Yeah, I hate that for Frank Gore mostly, but Joe Flacco as well. Um, so. The other night, I basically was, for the folks listening who don't follow me on Twitter, I caught a stray, kind of like Nathan Peterman caught a stray the other week from Devontae Adams. When Did you hear this, Jimmy? They they asked Devontae Adams about Tom Brady and facing Tom Brady. Like, I don't care who's out there. I don't care if it's Nathan Peterman out there. Nathan Peterman right, right. was just fucking minding his business, eating yeah, breakfast yeah, yeah. in Las Vegas That's... at the facility. Probably <laughs> dropped his spoon. That's rough. That's how I felt the other night when I saw in relation to the NFC East uh, possibly being one of the worst divisions to ever exist for a year. Mm. I hated catching a stray when they brought up the 2010 NFC West battle, which ended with Marshawn Lynch and Beastquake, but it was never that sexy. Uh, It was two six-win teams duking it out to win the division, uh, I believe six wins, or was it seven? Doesn't matter, really bad. Week 17 in Seattle, and it was the Rams, and it was the Seahawks, and we ended up, as the closest I ever was to the playoffs, with a chance to beat Charlie Whitehurst and be a division champion and see what it was like on the other side. And in my young career, it was only two, three years in, but it felt like I really wanted to go see what was on the other side. And I thought we were so close. And um, we lost to Charlie Whitehurst, spoiler alert. I had a, a KG veteran named James Hall who was like my mentor. And James Hall was calloused, okay? He played a great, a great deal of good football in Detroit in basically anonymity and then ended his career in St. Louis. I don't know what he did in his last life to deserve that, but he was hardened, and he knew that this was our last chance and his last chance, and uh, I'll just never forget his face after that game. It was, it's depressing. It plays over and over, and over again in my, in my head, and then drunkenly at the end of the, the season, we had a team party, and he tells me I cornered him and said, I slurred all this, I said, I love you, man, but I don't want to be like you. <laughs> and uh, that's something he's never let me look down. But that, that prompted me, I tweeted that story, and somebody goes, 
if it's any consolation, you're not as bad as the 2020. You've never been on a team as bad as the 2020 Jets. And I said, not so fast, my friend. Lee Corso, dot gif. <laughs> okay. I pulled up the 2009 Rams and the 2020 Jets. You probably don't remember us, Jimmy. Nobody was watching us. Yeah, I, I know the Rams were bad there for a while, but I can't like give you like the season by season, the game by game breakdown. Okay, who was the who was Sam? Who was the quarter? Not Sam. Who was the quarterback? Sam, Mark Bulger. Sam Mark Bulger was. Bulger. He started the year. Did he finish it? He didn't finish the year. Did he? Macon's got the stats here. We're gonna run through, and you be the judge which team was worse. You can help settle this just on a statistic basis. Here, there's no way you're worse than this Jets team, dude. Through, buckle up. Through six games, Rams scored nine points a game. These Jets are at 12 and a half. Points per game against, 28.2 for the Rams, 30.8 for the Jets. We were stiff. We were stiff on D. Zero rushing TDs for the St. Louis Rams in 2009 to this point. Jets have two. Point differential, minus 115 for St. Louis, minus 110 for the New York Jets. Turnover differential. Somehow the Jets are plus three. Your Rams are minus five. Not a surprise. No. Uh, 28 plus point losses. Jets have one of those. You guys had three through six. Yeah. What, what, what did that team finish record-wise? One in 15. One in okay. 15. But here's yeah. how we won. We beat Detroit in Detroit on a, uh, a fake field goal to win the game. We were a fake field goal against the Detroit Lions away from being the Detroit Lions. Lions were one and six. Yeah, that was one of the longest years of my life. That was terrible. Maybe, maybe you guys are worse than the Jets. We're worse. That's than what the I'm Jets. saying, dude. That's what, there's Could a be. case to be made. There's a case to be made here. If you look at the roster, it's not great, and that includes me <laughs> at that point. What year was that for you? This is my year, second, second year. year. Second year. There was a point through eight games where I had zero zero sacks and I walked out of the stadium after a game and a homeless guy came up asking for money. Oh, this is the greatest story. Yeah. So listen, you just heard what our offense was doing. There's nothing worse than being in a in a situation like this as a player. But I had no sacks halfway through the season after a solid rookie career. Solid. Not great, not bad. I'm losing my shit. And I walk out of the stadium, and I'm telling you, like, when you walk out of the stadium, when you walk in and out of the St. Louis Rams stadium, it's a lot like the team at that point. It's not ideal. There's parking garages that are devoted to other athletes in NFL cities. There's beautiful tunnels through Dallas' stadium. We parked in an abandoned Drury Inn abandoned is the key word. I don't think there was like, it, it was just a, like they forgot about the Drury Inn. And so we parked there and we walked through two alleys that are just open air city alleys and into the Edward Jones Dome through the fucking concourse. And when you leave the game, you got to walk out the concourse too. Like you bump into people getting sodas. And after you lose, it's kind of embarrassing. Well, I walk out of, after probably a loss to the Vikings or something like 41 to 14. Check that score. I think that might be it. And there's a homeless guy who used to panhandle outside the stadium and he stopped us. And who am I to ignore a homeless person anyways, but to do it after a fucking loss again and again and again. 
we talked to the dude. He's really nice. He asks us what position we play. He gets to me. He says, what position do you play? I said, defensive end. He said, how many sacks do you have? I said, zero. And he says, get the fuck out of here, man. Are you fucking kidding me? He goes, get the fuck out of here, man. I don't want your money. <laughs> and I have never felt more emasculated small in my life yeah uh 38 to 10 the vikes got you 38 to 10 i was close second half of the season though five sacks so the, the, so it it turned on for the record in your last game of the season you were quarterbacked by kyle bowler mm-hmm. in something Oof. called keith null keith null look up keith null that's my dog though um hey wish we could keep you to talk about borat but we went down so many tangents uh I'm excited about Borat, to say the least. Can't I mean. wait. Can't wait. I've, I've tried to avoid spoilers. Everything I've seen has said just as good as the first one, just like the first one. So that's all I need to hear. And your boy Rudy's in there. So now you have to watch it on Amazon Prime. You're going to be okay with that? <sighs> it's on Amazon Prime, not Netflix. Bro, not <laughs> like a couple bucks a month. I, I Make it. You got to help it, but this logging guy. Logging in is a problem. It's just a problem. This is, you, how about you come over for a hot tub? We'll put the we'll put the TV on the. He's invited on me over arm. to hot tub. Yes, I heard. Yeah, <laughs> he's a friend of the program. I think you should Instagram live you two in the hot tub watching Borat. Uh, very nice, not nice, not nice. All right, see you. Hopefully, again. you don't. You could end up like Borat and the guy in the first movie no, in the hotel room. Fuck no, dude. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy, for planting All that right. seed. Later, buddy. Yeah, I had to. Thanks, right, man. Later. See you. Yep. Take care. All right. Well, Make had to run because he does have a job. Uh, believe it or not, he is a again a real estate agent. And if you are moving to the Charlottesville area, look no further. Celebrity real estate agent can't beat that. Making Gunner. Uh, look his number up on the internet. I don't have it. I'm not good at plugging stuff. So he had to run. He had to go sell a house. Y'all take care. We'll see you uh, early next week. Have a great weekend.